Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of The Bull and the Bear podcast. I'm your host and money and markets uh, market analyst, Matt Clark, uh, joining you uh, again for uh, another another roundtable, if you will, uh, as we do each and every time at the end of the week where I bring in money and markets chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, as well as contributor, Charles Sizemore. We break down uh, your sectors, stocks, we give you some some takes uh, on what we think of, of, of some of some big names, some high profile uh, companies out there on the market. Just uh, before we get started, let you know that uh, if you're listening to this, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, maybe you want to listen to this as a podcast, you can do that. Uh, just go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're also on iHeartRadio and Spotify. And you can just type in the bull and the bear and find us and make sure you, you follow us, uh, subscribe to us and uh, get alerted every time we do uh, put out a new podcast. We do about twice a week. Um, and we'd love to have you do that. Or if maybe you're on the other side, maybe you're uh, listening to us on podcast, maybe you'd like to see a, a video so you can see all of our bright, shining faces. You can do that on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel, type in, uh, just go to youtube.com, type in money and markets, and you'll find our channel. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, there's a button, a uh, red button down there if you're not already subscribed. And you can also get alerted every time we release a new video. We have a lot of videos that come out. We do a marijuana market update every week. We have our week ahead that comes out uh, towards the end of the week to look ahead uh, at Wall Street. Uh, and plus, we have other things that we're, uh, we're looking at, uh, at, at doing as well. So make sure you uh, subscribe, get alerted, uh, and, and uh, we'd love to, uh, to have you on there. Leave a review, leave a comment if you like, uh, on, uh, either on the podcast side or on the YouTube side. We'd love to hear from you. If you do have a particular uh, stock or sector you'd like, uh, you'd like the three of us to take a look at, or uh, maybe you have a question about something or, or a particular comment, you can also email us. That email address is the bull and bear at moneyandmarket.com. That's the bull and bear at moneyandmarket.com. Uh, moneymarkets.com. I'll put that down below um, as well. But to jump right into uh, this week's podcast, uh, this this uh, this end of week podcast, if you will, there's uh, you know obviously we all know there's 11 sectors to the to the S and P there, and they and they 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 cover just about every company out there. And and if there's one sector of the stock market that is driven by outside forces. And what I mean by outside forces, I mean politics, I mean news headlines, I mean any of those types of things can, can change up um, how any stock or, or, or how this sector is viewed by investors, it's healthcare. Um, and that's more so now more than ever because of the coronavirus pandemic. Coronavirus uh, is, in the, is in headlines every day, whether it be uh, uh, you know, stats and figures on infections, on, on recoveries, on, unfortunately, on, on fatalities, uh, or whether it's on news, company-specific news based on vaccine performance. We've seen that um, come up over the last couple months. Companies are uh, racing to try to develop a vaccine to bring to market um, to, to try to, to stem the tide uh, of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, at the end of 2019, just to give you kind of a little bit of context, the healthcare sector of the stock market lagged the overall S&P index by around 6%, but it's starting to make a bit of a comeback. Um, if you look at particularly uh, an exchange-traded fund, uh, the uh, S&P healthcare sector, uh, SPDR ETF, which trades on, on the New York Stock Exchange under XLV, 
Um, it tracks some of the biggest healthcare related stocks. About 65 of them are now in there, 64 in, in there in that portfolio. It's jumped more than 44% since reaching a low in March of 2020. Um, it, rain, it covers companies ranging from biotech to even insurance providers. Uh, most of its holdings are in the US, but it does have some of those that are in Europe. Um, despite that jump from its March lows, the healthcare sector was recently rated as perhaps the biggest laggard in money markets chief investment strategist Adam O'Dell's uh, recent sector board. But I, I, I want to give a little context to that because I, there, you have to kind of know that just because it's rated there, um, you, you have to understand exactly what that means. So I want to first bring in, before we get into any stocks, I want to bring in uh, Adam and, and, and talk about just exactly what that means. I, I think, I don't want to say it's a misnomer or anything like that, but there's a rationale behind why it's there. And Adam, I, I, want, you to, I want you to kind of explain to, to the people out there um, why it's, it's rated where it is and what exactly that means. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Matt. Um, so basically, in, in my Cycle 9 alert service, I, uh, I track the, and every single week I put out a leaders and laggards board. And I, basically, I rank the 11 spider sector ETFs, XLV, XLK, XLE. Um, they all start with X. So ba basically, I rank these 11 sector ETFs, the U.S. sectors, based on their forward-looking momentum. And the reason that it's kind of a little bit misleading to see this past week XLV, the healthcare sector ETF at the very bottom of the list, is that you would think that that means that it's, it's not been performing well, that it's not gonna be performing well going forward. And that's really just not the case. Um, if you look at the 11 sector ETFs, about five or six of them are in uptrends and healthcare is one of them. Uh, about five or six of them are basically right now making new highs uh, that have eclipsed their February 2020 highs and are making new highs. Healthcare is also one of them. So if you were to look at those two, two metrics more or less, healthcare sector uh, stocks are doing well right now. The reason it rates low, uh, kind of lowest right now on my leaders and laggards board is that as an option trading service, uh, Cycle 9 Alert seeks to find the best two to three months of a sector or ETF, kind of like a sweet spot. And I do that by using a predictive algorithm that's forward looking. And basically what it does is it compares the sector ETF to the, the broader market, the S&P 500. And it figures out, is there enough momentum to power market beating gains um, to a, an extraordinary degree over the next two to three months? And basically what we saw is that the, the healthcare sector in general, XLV, also biotech stocks, they went through this sweet spot period in April, May, and June. So it's kind of already past its, its best sweet spot for now. Um, so in Cycle 9 Alert, we were making plays in April and May on the healthcare sector. We made a play on XBI, the, the Spider Biotech ETF. It's a diversified fund of biotech stocks. We also made a, a bullish play on a, a specific stock, a gene sequencing stock called Illumina. So we made those plays in April and May, and we held them for about two to three months, and then we took our profits and got out. So that's really the reason that the leaders and laggards board can be misleading if you see a sector at the bottom. All that it means is it's kind of already gone through its sweet spot over the last two to three months, and you're probably better off if you're a short-term options trader to wait maybe one or two or three months for um, kind of the average gains in that sector to pass, and then wait until you get another um, above average momentum signal. So that's really why um, the, the XLV healthcare sector ETF is rank, ranked at the bottom, even though it's trading at its highs. I also wanna say that longer term, uh, the healthcare sector is one of my strategic overweight bets. 
I gave a presentation at an investment conference last October, October 2019. And I told the audience, you know, I, I'm a tactical trader. I, I go where the money goes, where the money flows. And uh, if prices are rising, I'll, I'll buy something tactically. But the healthcare sector for me is a bit different. Um, you know, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I went to medical school for a year before deciding to kind of change course. So, you know, I really believe in the healthcare sector and its ability to innovate and create new technologies for the greater good. Um, I think that whether it's baby boomers uh, aging and, and whether it's new technologies coming online, the healthcare sector does need to be a strategic overweight bet. Um, I actually recommended a, a healthcare fund that trades momentum on the healthcare sector stocks last October, and it's up like 75% uh, in that time. And I've also recommended a specific genomics-focused uh, ETF that's up over 100% since I recommended it in October. So I think that there are great opportunities in healthcare, both short-term and long-term. It's just that right now we, we're kind of going through, um, you know, not the sweetest spot for its, its returns. And, and I'll, I'm going to wait for other signals to come online probably in October, November, and December. Yeah, and I think it's important that you that you explain that because you know when people see that they may have an indication that because healthcare is rated low, that means that maybe it's something I should stay away from, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, again, you have to look at it from an options perspective because uh, Adam Cycle Nine uh, Alert Service is an options service, and you have to think of it as how options traders are looking at things and they're looking at things very much in a short term, not in a long term. So I think it's very important that, that you explain that. Um, I, let's jump right into, uh, I picked out three companies. All three companies are probably ones that you've either heard of or have definitely heard of their products um, in some form or fashion, whether it be in the headlines or whether just a recent trip to the doctor's office or anything like that. Um, so I, I want to, I'll bring in those and we'll talk about those. And, and give our takes briefly uh, on, on each one of those companies. The first one I want to bring up, uh, it's a company that has, uh, that offers health benefit plans. They offer those plans to businesses, to individuals. Uh, they also offer back-end services to providers and pharmacy care services. Uh, their, their stock hit a 52-week high of around $324 on Tuesday. Uh, it recently this week declared a $1.25 quarterly dividend to shareholders last week. Um, it was founded in 1977. It's based in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Uh, and bonus points if you can uh, point out on a map exactly where that is, because it is a very small town in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, and the company I refer to is United Health Group Incorporated. It trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker UNH. And I try to put all the tickers that we talk about at the bottom here so you can uh, you can do uh, you can look at those for yourself. So first off, I'm going to bring in uh, Money and Markets contributor Charles Sizemore uh, and, and to get his take. And Charles, first, tell me what you think about uh, about United Health Group. So United's an interesting play. I, I think United. Um, I, I would be bullish on United. There's definitely a political angle, though. Um, United makes a lot of money from um, Medicare supplemental plans. And so one of the key planks, um, at least on the Democrat side, is expansion of Medicare. Uh, they talked about Medicare for all, that's not likely to happen, um, but Medicare expansion is. Uh, that would really benefit the providers of, of these Medicare supplemental plans. So I, I think Humana should do well, regardless of who wins the presidency. I, I think it has a lot of good trends supporting it. However, um, I think it would do better if, if Biden won, uh, used to be Trump. So uh, if, if you are, if you think Biden will win the election, then, uh, then, then United very much is a, um, it's, it's a play on that. Uh, but I, it's, you look for trades that have good upside, but, but relatively low downside. They're asymmetric. 
And in this case, if you if you're playing the election, if the Democrats win, that's that's a very bullish scenario for the stock. But if uh, the Republicans win, it's not necessarily bearish. It's just less bullish. So I, I like it. I think it's I think it's a good play. Okay, and uh, Adam, I know you you you're able to look through your green zone rating system and 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 give some very uh, accurate figures in terms of, of where this company rates in terms of the overall broader market. So give me uh, give us your take on on United Healthcare. Sure, I'm also uh, longer term bullish on United Healthcare. Um, what I'm, one thing I'm able to do with my six factor green zone ranking model, stock ranking model is take the individual stock holdings of an ETF. So basically I, I go onto the Spider ETF website and download the individual stock holdings, the tickers of, that are held, you know, the individual stocks that are held within the ETF XLV. And I run that list, as you said at, at the opening, it's about 60 or so stocks. I run that list of stocks through my ranking system and then I sort it based on its overall, uh, overall score. And interestingly, United Health rates uh, number five of all 60 or so stocks within the XLV ETF. And uh, Humana, another uh, health plan group, health services company, is, uh, is rated number one. So definitely, I think that this shows that the market right now is appreciating uh, these types of stocks, uh, whether we, that's because we think that uh, Biden's going to win or whether we think that this is going to be a, a fundamental um, essentials type of service going forward that, you know, the people have to put money into regardless. Um, you know, the, the market is saying that United Health and Humana are good buys right now. Um, I will say that the two factors of the six that they, they rate the lowest on would be size, meaning that these are large companies. Typically, smaller cap companies are able to outperform large cap companies and mega cap companies. We haven't really seen that in this cycle, in this bull market. Uh, but typically, you know, investing in smaller companies, you can get more bang for your buck. And United Health nor Humana are, are small by any, any means. Um, the other factor that they rate a little bit lower on is value. So they, they, at, this, at this price, they've become a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say overpriced or, or overvalued. They're certainly not in nosebleed territory, uh, but they're, they're kind of in the lower half of the, um, in the market as far as valuations. So they've gotten a little bit more rich and, and expensive. But if you look at the quality scores, the growth scores, the low volatility scores, and the momentum scores, uh, both United Health and Humana would be uh, great long-term buys. As far as cycle nine, they're in uptrend, so they're, they're definitely buy qualified. Um, the, the, my cycle nine signal just closed recently on, on United Health, so I would maybe wait for a bit of a pullback, but it's definitely something that's on my radar. And I have to agree with both of you. I think as a long-term play here, as a long-term, as a buy and hold, I think United Health, uh, Health Group is a, is a great uh, a great way to get into the healthcare market if you're if you're looking for something specific. Uh, Adam mentioned his, his green zone rating system, uh, where the score is the highest in growth, volatility, uh, quality and momentum, all, all four of those factors are, 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 are big ones to consider. Um, looking at it at its technical data, it's got very strong return on, uh, return on investment, return on equity, and return on uh, assets, uh, all of which are positive, whereas the industry average is all in the negative, so that, that speaks very highly. In terms of its value, you know, again, it, Adam's right, it's not in nosebleed territory. Uh, some of its factors, such as its price to book, uh, do suggest that it might be a, a tad bit overvalued. Um, but but not to an extent where you want to shy away from it. So I, I think uh, United Healthcare United Health Group is definitely a, a stock to buy um, if it's on your radar. The second group I want to talk about is uh, a biopharma company. It develops, manufactures medicines for a wide range of medical conditions, as most biopharma companies do. Um, it was recently mentioned as one of several companies that are in the process of developing a vaccine for COVID-19. Uh, it's working in collaboration with several other companies around the world. Uh, it recently reported its Q2 earnings. 
those earnings were about $7.16 a share, beating Wall Street uh, estimates. Its revenues increased 24% year over year uh, to about $1.9 billion, also beating expectations on Wall Street. Uh, founded in 1988, it is located in Terrytown, New York. The company is Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, trades on the NASDAQ under REGN. And uh, first, I'll, I'll uh, toss this over to Charles. And Charles, give me your take on Regeneron. Well, first off, every time I hear the name, I laugh because it sounds like the villain from a Transformers movie. Uh, it's, or is that just me? I, I, I don't know. But uh, no, I actually like this one. Um, this is pretty much um, as close as you're going to get. Well, I can't call it a pure play on coronavirus treatment, but it's, it's pretty close. Uh, so until we have a viable vaccine, and we don't know when that day comes. You know, we, we don't, I mean, Russia claims they already have one. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, until we have a viable vaccine, or even after we have a viable vaccine, there's still going to be people that need uh, treatment. And Regeneron's um, antibody treatment is one of the, we believe, more effective uh, tre treatments for, for COVID-19. So, so long as COVID-19 is with us, <laughs> this should be a, a, a relative, the, the, this company should do well, at least um, fundamentally. Uh, looking at its, um, you know, would I buy in today at today's prices? I, I would. I, I consider this to be a little bit more speculative in the sense that uh, I don't know what it is. Whenever I, I trade uh, biotech, you know, biopharma stocks, I almost always get burned. So uh, you, you do have to tread carefully in this sector. It does tend to be very, it, it does tend to be more volatile than most. But I would, I, I would, I would be bullish on this one. Okay. And uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on Regeneron outside of the fact that it could be a Transformer villain? <laughs> Yeah, he's always got the uh, the villain names there, Charles does. But uh, yeah, so uh, Regeneron is definitely uh, also a buy for me. Um, shorter term, I think that if the market would gift us a bit of a pullback, uh, we could probably get a better entry point around the $550 per share level. Um, if it pulled back even more to the $500 level, that would be even uh, more fabulous. Uh, right now, the 200-day moving average is at about $480 a share, and the stock is kind of bouncing around between 600 and 650. So again, I would love to see a pullback to about 550 or even 525 uh, as kind of a, a pullback entry point short term. Uh, much like a lot of the stocks in the healthcare sector generally, um, Regeneron had its best run kind of in April, May, and June, and now it's kind of a, a bit of a pause as that momentum wanes a bit. Uh, my Cycle 9 system actually did back-to-back -back trades on it. Uh, the first entry was in November of 2019, and then as soon as that three-month trade was closed out, um, another one was triggered in, in late March. So Regeneron has definitely been a, a great performer through the coronavirus. Uh, obviously, as Charles mentioned, there's speculation that it will be uh, one of the winners in the kind of the race for the vaccine. Um, longer term, Regener Regeneron rates very highly. Uh, it rates at like a 93 out of 100 on my six-factor green zone rank ranking model. Rates high on momentum, rates high on low volatility um, relative to other biotech stocks. Um, quality and growth. Again, it's it's kind of a, a richer valuation, uh, so it's not a cheap stock by any means. And that's partly why I say if it can pull back to that 550, 525 level, uh, you'll you'll get in at a much better valuation. But ultimately, Regeneron, I think, is a great play. Both you know for as long as the vaccine speculation lasts, and even beyond that. I mean, uh, Regeneron has a has a blockbuster drug. I think it's called Dupixent. See commercials for it all the time. It's for atopic dermatitis. So it's got other things in the work. It's not a pure play or a solo play or a sole play on, on the vaccine. Um, so, but yeah, right now the vaccine news is, is definitely big. Um, I've actually recommended a company that uh, is in the genomics 
biotech space in my Green Zone Fortune service. I recommend it basically in that service, you know, once a month I come out with an eight page report on one stock that I think is a high conviction, high probability buy. And uh, I recommend buying that stock and holding it for anywhere from six months to 36 months, depending on how the longer trends last. But I recommended this biotech stock in uh, June. Uh, so basically the middle of June. And so we've been in it for about two months and it's already up about 50%, but I think there's a lot more potential in it. Um, this biotech stock, it actually works with a lot of the researchers and a lot of the biotech companies that are developing vaccines. Uh, this company doesn't develop the vac vaccine itself, but what it does is it supplies uh, DNA material and uh, test kits and research kits that allow these vaccine uh, makers to, to test their vaccine product and, and see how effective they are. So I like that play because it, it basically, no matter who wins the vaccine war, uh, this company that I've recommended in my Green Zone Fortune service is supplying uh, the, the raw materials and the research capabilities to those companies. So we don't necessarily have to bet that this company is gonna come out with the vaccine or that that one will. Uh, this company kind of has its hand in, in, in the mix. So um, we'll put, probably put a link to that, uh, Green Zone Fortunes. Again, once a month I come out with a high conviction play. And uh, right now I'm, I'm definitely a high conviction on the, on the biotech space in general. You know, and I, I, I've been kind of going back and forth about Regeneron a, a little bit just, just because, first off, its value really concerns me right now. And I think, Adam, I, I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would buy into it right now. I would like to see it pull back. I would like to see it, I would like to see it come back to that 550, even 525 range if it pulls back that far. I just think right now its value is really, really high. And also you have to take into account that, you know, when it comes to the, this, this vaccine war, there's a lot of players here. Uh, there's a lot of competition for that. And, and, you know, the one that wins is going to be the one that blows up. Do we know who it is yet? Of course we don't. We have no idea. But the ones that don't win are, are going to slide, and, and, and some will slide sig significantly more than others. And I'm just not sure that I, I see Regeneron as, 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 as that winner. Again, it's speculative. Um, we've talked about that already. And I, I'm, just, I'm just very concerned with its, with its valuation. I think right now I'd be on the sidelines with this until I saw a pullback in price and a better price entry point to get into. Um, I just think right now its value is just, is, is really, really high. And it's not, it's, it's not, it's too high for me to be comfortable with. So that's kind of my thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get into it. I'm just saying that I think the price point needs to come down a little bit before you have that consideration. Moving on to our third. Add a, few more, uh, a few more thoughts on that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, well, one of the issues with trying to do evaluation on a biotech stock is that the return stream is so lumpy, it's tough. You are, you're, you're basically betting on whether or not one of their new blockbusters is going to hit or not. So when you're looking at backward looking earnings, that's, that, that's a tough game. So that valuation metrics are really, really hard to apply in this sector. Uh, the other thing I would point out is uh, with Regeneron, it's, it's not, purely the vaccine for, for COVID we're looking for. They also have treatments, treatments for people that already have COVID. So uh, I, I do agree that this talk is a little bit extended. I would be, I wouldn't bet the farm on it. Now I would also add that for a stock like this, you may want to have it be a smaller position size than usual. You're not going, you know, you're, you shouldn't overload uh, a trade in, in, in this sector. I, mean, this, I, I would keep my position size modest here. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. And also look out, it may transform into a robot and kill you. And we can only hope that happens. And then we'll see a stock price just, just explode massively when that happens. 
Um, moving on to the third final stock. I can't believe we're talking about transformers in the midst of biotech and healthcare. That's just so, I don't know. It's very surreal. Um, the final company, this is a, this is a very, very large company, uh, in, in terms of, of its, of its market cap and size. Um, but it's one that you don't necessarily see, you know, it, it's not branded. It's not, you know, it just does a lot within the healthcare sector. It provides pharmaceutical medical supplies in the U.S. as well as internationally. It also provides various services to pharmacies, including consulting and outsourcing. It does software programs. It does. It, it, it has its fingers in, in a lot of different things in terms of healthcare. It recently raised its fiscal year guidance. Uh, uh, analysts have, have uh, put their estimates on, the, on this company's earnings as high as $4.02 a share, which would be a positive growth rate year over year of about 6%. Uh, it's, it's a very old company. In fact, I think it's the oldest company that we've talked about. It was founded in 1833. It's headquartered uh, near Charles in Irving, Texas. Uh, it is McKesson Corporation. Uh, it trades on the New York Stock Exchange under MCK. Uh, Charles, first, uh, give me your thoughts on McKesson. Yeah, so I think it's a great company. It's a company that if you had to make a list of 20 or 30 stocks that you were just going to buy and hold forever, put in a drawer and forget about, I think this one could be considered that. I think it's, it's a solid company. It's diversified. It, it's been around for almost 200 years. It may be around for another 200 years. Uh, all of that said, I, I don't see an immediate catalyst right now to send it higher. So I, I look at it, it great company. I, I just, I don't, I don't see a compelling reason to buy it right now. So I, I would take a pass on this one. Okay. Adam, what are your thoughts on McKesson? I'm also going to be a pass on McKesson for right now. Um, it's interesting because the, the kind of old guard pharmaceuticals industry has really, really lagged the broader healthcare sector and the more specific biotech uh, industry group. Uh, if you look at a chart, you know, I mentioned earlier that I tracked the 11 uh, spider uh, ETFs, so that broadest healthcare sector is XLV. Um, but they also have a suite of industry groups, basically subsectors that you can track. So within the healthcare sector, you have the healthcare equipment makers, XHE. You have the healthcare service providers, XHS. Um, you have biotech, XPI. And you also have the pharmaceutical makers, XPH. If you look at um, charts of those four uh, ETFs, you'll find that the, the pharmaceuticals uh, industry group, the subsector of pharmaceutical companies, has really just dragged along the bottom for the past like five or six years. Um, they kind of topped out in late 2015, fell hard into early 2016. If you remember, January 2016 was like the worst January ever. And then everything re has rebounded. Um, really, most of the market has rebounded uh, strongly since uh, January of 2016, obviously. Uh, but the XPH has just basically made this chart pattern where it, it trades just sideways. And it's done that for 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and, and going into 2020 now. So really, you'll see a similar thing in McKesson. Um, if you look at my six-factor ranking model, McKesson is a good value because its price hasn't run up like a lot of the stocks in, in the broader healthcare sector. Um, but otherwise, its momentum scores, its, its growth scores as far as sales growth and earnings growth is just is really just middle of the road. It's very average. So, you know, for me right now, um, McKesson is not a green zone stock. It's not rated 90 or higher. 
uh, out of 100. So it's really just kind of a holding pattern. What I do like about the stock is, is that chart pattern that I mentioned that you see in the, in the broader pharmaceuticals industry. You see that same chart pattern in McKesson. So McKesson topped out in 2015, kind of fell hard into late 2016 in, in McKesson's case. And then for the past four years, it's just traded sideways in a narrow band and what we call a bottoming pattern, most likely between $120 a share and $160 a share. And the reason I like that is that because McKesson is not a buy right now, as you guys noted, McKesson is a very old company. It's, it's a $24 billion market cap company that's been around for almost 200 years. So I don't think McKesson's going anywhere. And my, my point is that when, when, they're, when pharmaceutical companies do come back into favor, whenever they go through the next period of, of an uptrend, uh, whenever there's a breakout in the, in the broader uh, industry group and, and in McKesson specifically, I think that we'll see a really nice bullish run. So kind of the, the the stock level that I'm, the price level that I'm watching for McKesson is around the $160 to $170 per share uh, price level. If we can see a bullish break above that, above that bottoming pattern, I can see McKesson stock running from about you know, $160 or $170 all the way up to its 2015 high of about $240 a share. So you're talking about about a 50% gain that you could probably make in about 18 months. Uh, but again, that's not happening right now. I would not anticipate a bullish breakout I would wait for that breakout to happen, maybe even watch for a retest and some confirmation signals. Uh, so, you know, that, that's longer term something that's on my radar. But right now, I'm just kind of, I'd be definitely be a pass on McKesson. And I, I would pass as well, just because I, like Charles, I just don't see anything that gets me excited about this. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about its momentum and the fact that if you, if you look at just specifically McKesson's chart, it, it doesn't show anything that, that tells me that it's, it's moving forward in any way. It seems to be, um, you know, obviously it suffers the ups and downs of the rest of the market, but it's, it's not gaining significantly as we've seen in other, uh, other companies. Um, it's, but it's also not losing significantly either. So, uh, but, but if you compare it in terms of the overall healthcare market, um, McKesson's just not moving anywhere. And, and, and that could be, uh, you know, because it is a really relatively large stock. We've talked about that large, large cap, mega cap stocks don't necessarily have those, those price fluctuations that you see in a smaller cap stock. Um, it, but it, it, it's growth, it's sales growth is not necessarily that impressive. Um, it's size is obviously a factor. Um, it is, it is a good value, um, price wise. I mean, because it hasn't had those, those serious market moves, it's, it's, it's price right now compared to the rest of the industry, um, is, is, is good. Um, but I just, I, I think, I think it's a wait and see. I'm kind of treating this like, like I would Regeneron. I'd like to see this price come down a little bit and then see it come up and, and then make a run. Um, as time persists. So I, I'm kind of, that, that's kind of where I'm at with, uh, uh, with McKesson. So um, just kind of recap with United Health. I think we're all three pretty, pretty solid on United Health. That is a, it's a good company. It's a good one to get into. Uh, it shows, uh, it's got a lot of signals that indicate that it, it's a good, you know, long-term play. Uh, Regeneron, um, I was mixed on this. I would like to wait and see it pull back a little bit. Um, Charles and Adam, uh, kind of the same, but they would, they, they would be inclined to buy. Um, and then I think we're all three kind of a, kind of a pass on Kesson, uh, in general, just because the factors just don't show that it's anything to get too terribly excited about. So, um, that, that's about going to wrap it up for us, uh, here on this uh, episode of the bull and the bear. Again, just a reminder, um, if you're watching us on YouTube and you want to listen to us as a podcast on your mobile device or on Alexa or Google Assistant or whatever your, your mode is. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts. We're also 
on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and about 20 other podcast indicators. So uh, just whatever your favorite one is, go to it, look for us, and uh, make sure you follow us. Leave us a review as well. We'd love to hear what you think about about what we're doing. Uh, if you're on the other side of that, and maybe you are watching it, you're listening to us, maybe you want to see us, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com, type in Money and Markets, and you'll find it. Uh, find us there. Make sure you subscribe to us, and you can also get alerted every time we put out a new video. We've got uh, the Marijuana Market Update that we come out with every week, the week ahead, which is uh, going to come out uh, here shortly. Uh, we have all those things, uh, plus much, much more for you. So uh, we encourage you to, to do that. If you have a qu uh, question, if you have a comment, maybe you'd like us to look at a particular sector or stock, uh, email us at thebullandbear at moneyandmarkets.com. That's thebullandbear at moneyandmarkets.com. And uh, that's going to about wrap it up for, uh, for the three of us. Uh, so for uh, uh, contributor Charles Sizemore, Money and Markets Chief Investment Strategist, Adam O'Dell, I'm, uh, I'm your host and uh, research analyst for Money and Markets, Matt Clark. And until next time, safe trading, everybody. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. Thank you.